Dance Masters, the podcast. I'm only listening if you get people chatting music with DJs behind the music. Chatting music with DJs behind the music. I'm James Blonde and welcome to the Dance Masters podcast where we dig a little deeper with the superstars of UK dance. We ask all our guests a series of questions and hope for a series of different answers to find out what's going on behind the scenes and what makes them tick. So if there's anything you want to ask on future shows, just get in touch and let us know. Tonight's guest on Dance Masters is one of the original superstar DJs. With nearly 50 compilation albums and more than 40 tracks and remixes to his name, chances are, like most, you probably own at least one of his CDs in your collection. A constant regular in the DJ Top 100 and equally at home behind the microphone as well as the decks, after spending 10 years, a full decade, at the helm of the massive weekend warm-up show. Here to tell us more, tonight we welcome Judge Jules to Dance Masters. Thanks for inviting me. I'm going to go straight in for the kill, if that's okay with you. We've had loads of people getting in touch and asking a variety of questions. first one is, you spin many plates. Do you prefer the day job or in the studio producing, or do you prefer hitting the clubs and DJing? Well, they're two parts of the same whole, really. I mean, you know, my practice is in music law, so I represent... Not only dance music people, but I really do represent a very large number of successful DJ producers, many of whom are kind of festival headliners. So it's almost like using two parts of the brain. On the one hand, I've got the creative side out there, DJ, making records, doing all the rest of it. On the other hand, I've got my legal practice, which I pop out to the office to uh, most days, COVID notwithstanding. And it takes me a very long time. It's a lot of hours per week of work. I think it's quite it's almost like a symbiotic relationship between a world as an artist where you focus, dare I say it, on yourself and a world as a lawyer where I focus wholly on the careers of others, sort of using the experience that I've gained in focusing on myself. I've been in the business for a long time. I've been much more than a DJ. You know, I, was, I set up two labels for the Universal Group in the 90s and noughties, um, signed a lot of fairly successful dance records, been a promoter, been a manager of a number of artists obviously been a radio presenter and DJ and made loads of records. So my experience is quite broad. And I think that's really helped me get into legal practice, which I did 10 years ago. I mean, the theory behind it was, well, A, to sort of try and impart some of my knowledge to others and sort of protect others from suffering the fate that I did occasionally signing the wrong sort of deals, but also just wanting to live a life that was a bit more gravitated around London. So although I'm very busy with DJing, COVID notwithstanding, um, my, my gigs tend to be a lot more in the UK and UK orientated now, whereas I spent like 15, 20 years sort of circumnavigating the globe, going on a long haul trip every fortnight and doing the other alternate fortnight here sort of in Europe, which sounds great, but it's not a sustainable kind of lifestyle forever. So, um, but I'm quite energetic about what I do. So it's good to do something that still keeps the mind whirring, still keeps the sort of adrenaline flowing, but at the same time enables me to see my other half and my two kids, which dare I say, I didn't do too much of at the beginning of their lives, which I, I'm not necessarily that proud of, but that's kind of the nature of the beast when you're touring here, there and everywhere around the world. I suppose uh, this bit of lockdown also gives you that extra bit of time to spend with the family, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, but as a lawyer, I have actually been working out of my office because I drive to my office and I need to be there because the volume of printing that one does as a, as a lawyer, just it wouldn't really prosper working at home. So I have been sort of out of the office. And ironically, my kids are of ages where they don't particularly want to see me anyway now. So. <laughs> I know that one. Um, you've had a long, illustrious radio career uh, from Kiss FM to 14 years stint at Radio 1. Is conventional radio something you'd look to revisit? I don't know if there's necessarily a station that is right for me. I mean, I enjoyed my uh, global warm-up show, which goes out as a podcast and a syndicated radio show. It does actually go out on a lot of stations around 
the world, something like 50 or 60 different stations. But it's not live, it's pre-recorded. And I do miss the kind of live interaction with the audience, which I'm kind of getting on the live streams more than I than I do currently with the radio stuff that I do. The problem is I don't think there's a national radio station really suitable for me. I'm too old to be on Radio 1 now, I, I don't mind admitting it. But Radio 2 wouldn't be suitable. Six Music's not really very dance music focused. So there's not really another station that's right for me. And as such, I just have to kind of forego that, the joy of kind of getting people's feedback immediately as you're playing tracks. But I'm lucky enough to do loads of DJing in in clubs and festivals, or normally would be lucky enough to do that. So you're getting a sort of a different type of feedback anyway. One question that we've had come in, and I find this one quite an interesting one. Um, Obviously, you get sent hundreds of promos per month. And to avoid getting swamped and to ensure you get the best of the bunch, what's your process for going through them all? Well, I've got a full-time PA who um, deals with the music side of what I do in order that I can simply focus on my legal practice during the day. And what he does, I mean, it's thousands every week. He'll narrow it down to about probably about 150 a week, which I listen to. So I must confess, he gets rid of the initial batch. And then I sort of listen to a slightly more filtered selection and work out what I'm going to play that weekend. And I know you've also played for a number of the classical events from Cream to Gatecrusher and Ministry of Sound. But you're also doing something slightly different as Judge Jules Live. Can you tell us more about that? Yes, I have been involved in a lot of the orchestra shows. It was a very surreal and, dare I say, quite beautiful experience watching orchestras play the music that I've kind of grown up to and that I've been my calling card as a DJ. But I also think it is a little bit limiting. It's written down in a score, the orchestra plays it, the conductor tells them what to play. And eventually the novelty wanes a tad, I think. So what I wanted to do was kind of create... A bit of a hybrid of that, which is basically a band playing mashups of lots of different records with loads and loads of solos on top. So it's a 10 piece band. It's orientated around covers, but it's not really covers because it's kind of track A mashed up with track B with the acapella of track C on top of it, sung by a vocalist with me sort of emceeing over the top. So it's a very um, it's a very interactive and unusual experience. I don't think anybody else is doing anything similar. And it's gone down just incredibly well. And now the world's opening up again, or planning to, fingers crossed. Um, What is it you're most looking forward to? Well, I've got loads of gigs. Yes, it's all looking quite promising in terms of when stuff's coming back and the so-called golden date of the 21st of June. Loads of things in the diary, a combination of stuff that's sort of rolled over from 2020, new stuff got in the diary all after that date. A couple of things before that that are in a more socially distanced environment. But I'm trying not to fixate too much on any one gig. I don't want to get to that point and, you know, suddenly it's delayed by a month. But for me, it's just being amongst people. Interestingly, there was a period in November where when actually live music events were able to take place, even though club events weren't. And I went along to something. It was a, it was a performance by one of my, my clients uh, in my legal practice in a, in a sort of church in King's Cross in London. And it was socially distanced. Everybody was wearing masks. But... Everybody got up and started dancing and it was just it was like a tear jerking experience because it just reminded me. And it's very easy to forget just how much we need the company of others in an en masse situation. You can't necessarily explain the lack of that. But when you experience it again, you'll you'll realise just what what it was you've been missing. On a personal level, who's your favourite DJ of all time? Uh, Carl Cox, I would say, because... um, I just love I love his energy behind the decks. I think that he just exudes energy. I think, you know, being a DJ, there are a lot of important facets to being a, a great DJ in a live environment. 
kind of mixing and track selection are the obvious ones, but actually just presence, exuding energy and presence behind the decks is arguably the most distinguishing factor. I wouldn't purport to say I'm at Carl's level in that respect, but I think I've got a bit of it myself, but he is just the ultimate for that. Great answer. Is there anyone new coming up through the ranks that you rate? Well, there's loads of producers, but you know, there's been a bit of a gap really, hasn't there, in terms of actually seeing them perform live. There was a time when people were kind of DJs first and then gravitated into being a producer. Now it's almost like you're a successful producer and if you make enough good records that stick the brand that is you above the parapet enough, then you'll start to get the DJ shows. But of course, there haven't been any DJ shows for me to rate the latest gang of DJs, so to speak. We have a little fan favourite feature on the show called What's In Your Box, where we take a little dive into musically what makes our guests tick. Is there a signature record or a go-to tune that defines your sound as a DJ? I've made a virtue, really, of trying to be a bit non-genre specific. Um, although I've played trance quite a bit in my history, I've also you know, had a long period playing house. I did all the original Acid House shows when I was very young. So my ideal DJ set sort of starts in one place and actually bangs through a bunch of different genres and ends up on a totally different genre planet from where I started. So there isn't necessarily a, a sort of definitive record that kind of fits into that criterion. With that in mind, do you have an all-time favourite tune? If I could narrow it down to a top 100, I'd be doing well. <laughs> That's fair enough. Do you recall a young Jules, pocket money in hand, headed to the first record shop and bought his first piece of vinyl? Do you remember what it was? I know the first bit of vinyl I was bought by my mum when I was a kid, which is Joni Mitchell, Big Yellow Taxi, which is a phenomenal record if anybody's familiar with it but I certainly did take my pocket money and went and visited my local record shop obsessively but what the first thing I ever bought was I don't know but that you know, I lived in there virtually in my local record shop and do you have a treasured piece of vinyl one that even when you have a little clear out and a sort through you go that one there or those few there I'm never going to get rid of they'll stay by my side full stop I think I think it would be more my own record the records that I put out my my office my legal office I've got a lot of sort of covers to things I've done on the wall. When I was much younger, sort of late cover artwork was a real, really big deal. And, you know, it's a slight shame that cover artwork doesn't kind of count for very much in the in the streaming era. But um, there are some amazing bits of artwork. I keep most of my vinyl at my place in Spain because I've got a bit more space than I do here in London. So every time I go there, I have a little dig through and I bring some stuff home with me, largely to sort of display in my office because I love the artwork. And I'll tell you who's got great artwork. I don't know if you remember the hip hop act Della Soul from the yes. sort of early 90s. They've got some fabulous covers and I've got one of those on my wall in my office. Not quite pop art, but it had lots of colour and then the guys were in black and white on them. Exactly. Yeah, very pop arty, actually. Yeah, it was, it, it was really quite cool. Um, do you have a secret guilty pleasure track? I, sp I suppose the odd Spice Girls record. I wouldn't say like every Spice Girls record, but in the 90s when they were the thing, I actually found myself quietly quite liking some of their records. I didn't go around shouting about it at the time, but I think good pop music, when it's done creatively with good songs, is interesting. You know, I wouldn't say I'd want to listen to it any time of the day, any day of the week, but you know, played at the right moment when you when you just want to make yourself chuckle. I think it can be quite fun. I've got to say, I wasn't expecting you to say Spice Girls. I really wasn't. Are there any new tunes in your box we should be watching out for? Um, I tell you what, I really like. I like Obscure Bayside, the Eats Everything remix. Uh, I love Eats Everything. Great producer, non-genre specific, which ups him in my estimation even further. And it's a really fun record with an old school vibe, but with a kind of 2021 kind of production quality about it as well. 
I will go and check that out after the show. I'm, yeah. I must admit, I'm a bit of a fan of Eats Everything myself. Yeah, so another I'm... one I really like is is by Dance System, and they've done a few records recently. I've liked not all of them, but I've liked the majority, and they've got one called Strings for Love, which I think is an incredibly good club record as well. Definitely have to look out for that one as well. I'm, I'm just writing it down while I'm speaking to you. Jules, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us on the show. Lovely. Thank you. That wraps up the show for this week. And if you like what you've heard and you fancy adding some tunes into the mix, why not check out the full two-hour show with an exclusive mix from tonight's guest. Joining us on the next episode, Freemasons. Thanks for listening to the show. Join us back here next Friday on Dance Masters. And don't forget to hit the link to subscribe. Dance Masters, the podcast. I'm only listening if you get people chatting music with DJs behind the music. Chatting music with DJs behind the music.